Comments made on the Ceratoc Podcast Network are those of the individuals and do not represent Ceratoc Corporation, its staff, management, board of directors, or third-party resellers. Hey, this is Bill. And an early happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I know everybody's getting focused on the holidays and getting ready for that. Welcome to this week's episode of Real World Fitness. Before we get to today's interview, we gotta pay the bills. Audiblepodcast.com slash Saratalk. You know the deal, guys. Go to the website, sign up for that free trial, and download anything you want. A lot of cool stuff there. Thousands upon thousands of books, old radio shows, all kinds of cool stuff. And they're constantly adding new titles. So sign up for that free one-month trial, and then keep on with the membership, because the prices are better than trying to buy from Barnes & Noble or uh, wherever else you might buy your uh, audiobooks from. That's audiblepodcast.com slash Saratalk. I have one of my most popular guests back again today, uh, Miss Georgia Dow from Montreal, the psychotherapist who we had on just a few weeks ago and there was such a huge response got some really nice emails and lots of comments posted here and there about her and asked her well i warned her that day that she was going to have to come back i just didn't know it was going to be this quick so let's get right to and there she is with that giggle that just melts my soul let's get right to my my guest this week georgia dow Thank you so much, Georgia, for taking some time. Hi. Hey. Well, thank you so much for having me back on. I really enjoyed it last time. Well, it's fun to talk to you. I hope everyone else enjoys it as much as we do. <laughs> well, as long as we're having fun, hopefully they'll enjoy it, you know, through us. Exactly. And I appreciate you taking time because I know you got company visiting you. and uh, Or did you need yes. a break from the company? Well, th- yeah, this is a nice break. This is, <laughs> this is a nice break. I've had like a, a gaggle of like children and adults all over the place. It's been quite busy, so I get a little bit of respite. It's one of those love to see them, love to see them go things. You know what? I actually really enjoyed I love I'm a I'm a huge people person and so I I really enjoy having people there. But I also enjoy that time of being able to just give like I like the balance of also having that time where I can just do, you know, whatever I want to do because I'm on when people are around and so I can just be like off and not have to worry and just slouch on the couch and nap whenever I so wish to. So that's also nice. So I I like the balance in between both. Well, balance is the most important thing in life, isn't it? It really is. It really is. And I don't think that we are, I think often we put some things more important than ourselves, which becomes a huge detriment to our own health and mental well-being. So I think we need to make sure that we're also taking care of ourselves and, and doing what we need to do to make sure that we feel centered. See, that, that's an interesting point. And a lot of people think they're doing the right thing by taking care of their family or their friends mm-hmm. or their work obligations and sacrificing yeah. themselves. And I learned this from there was a, a gentleman I used to train years ago. He was a very successful stockbroker and for whatever reason, he was terminated from a position he was in. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, do we need to stop and stop working together and blah? He said, no, I'm not changing anything. He said, this is a bad thing. But if I start changing things in my life because of this bad thing and depriving myself and depriving my family, it's going to make a bad thing worse. He said, I got to take care of me. Right. I got to take care of my family and everything else will take care of itself. Right, right. And that's such a powerful statement, such a hard statement to make, but such an important thing to do to make sure that that we're healthy. You know, people often, we spend more and more time at work, we're attached by our phones, and so we're always, they're always able to reach us. And so because they can, people think that they, they should, and they should answer their emails on their own time, and they don't have lunches. They eat through their, their lunch period at their desk or work through it. And then that becomes the new norm. Well, everyone else is doing it is what often people tell me. Well, everyone else is doing it, so I feel obliged to as well. But that doesn't mean that it's good for you. And if you get sick, if you're not really taking care of your health, of your well-being, giving yourself time and space to do the things that you enjoy, then your work isn't going to come out and support your family for you if you get sick or, or you fall ill or you end up having a breakdown because you've been putting too much on your plate. And so even if you're in a caretaking position, even if you have a lot of needs, 
You're all so important, and if you're happy, you'll be a happy person doing those things. You don't want to end up feeling bitter or overrun, or your health slowly breaks down, because it does. We're, we're not machines. And even machines have a breaking point. But we're, and they we're do definitely require maintenance. They do require maintenance and upkeep and care. And if you want your body to take good care of you later, you should take good care of it now. Okay, we can wrap the whole podcast up right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see you guys next week. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, that that's very, it's not even a place I wanted to go, but it's just, it's one of those things that really is so important and people think they're doing the right thing by sacrificing themselves and I'll play mm-hmm. later and I got to work now. And yes, play the martyr. sometimes there's no later. No. No, there isn't. And you don't, you won't, we only know about now. There really isn't. We, we spend a lot of time thinking about, well, I'm going to work really hard these years so that one day I can, you know, do this and that and enjoy it. But who knows what's going to happen in the future? You want to enjoy every moment to the utmost now. Being still smart, not being foolhardy about it. Um, I like to say that I'm ants, but I want to be a happy ant. I don't want to be the grasshoppers in that story where they're, you know, partying hardy and not saving up for the winter. But that doesn't mean that you should be all work and no play and not enjoying things. How much fun are you having with your life? How much are you enjoying things? How much fun are you to live with? (laughs) And so if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be a lot of fun to be with either. And then everyone suffers. And monetary things are wonderful. And it's important to have money and to have food on the table. I understand that. But a lot of shiny things are not going to make you happy. Happiness comes from only within yourself. Extrinsic motivation, extrinsic happiness, it's transient. It goes away after time. We have the new iPad. I love it. It's fancy. It's cool. It's neat. But it's really a piece of tech. My family spending time enjoying, keeping healthy, working out, doing art. These are the things that make me feel full. And so you want to make sure that it's not just work all day because, you know, you can have all the money in the world but not be happy with it. And then what does it matter? You, our, our time that we get to share with those that we care about and to take care of ourselves so we're healthy so those days can be full are more important than anything else. And since this is kind of leading into the holiday season, this is kind of an appropriate jump off point because this is when we do start spending more time with our family mm-hmm. and our friends. And it's supposed to be fun, but people get it's supposed to be fun. so <laughs> angst about all of it. They get so freaked mm-hmm. out. It's like, this is supposed to be fun. Enjoy yes. it. It's going to yes. happen if you like it or you hate it. It's still going to happen. Yes, exactly. And people get so stuck on on little things. You know, I, I think that my mom taught me something really nice is that no one's going to really care how clean your house or they shouldn't <laughs> care how clean your house is. If you have all the right decorations, if the chicken is, you know, overdone or not, they're just going to be happy with happy conversations, a smile. And people remember not what you say or what you did, but how you made them feel. That's the and most important thing. Yeah, that's what you leave with. And so that feeling of being relaxed, feeling welcomed having a place to go, and not sweating the little things. But holidays are a tough season for people. And I, I just, I, I love Christmas. I'm like a little kid with Christmas. I love, I love decorating the house. I loved it even more when I still had some vision because I loved like walking across the street and looking at that house with all those lights right. and all that stuff and going, wow, that's mine. Right. And I'm proud of that. Right. And I, I, I love if I'm outside walking my dogs and we've got all the decorations up and somebody else walks by you, this your house? Yeah. Nice decorations. That oh, little yes. comment will just make my day. Right. Right. How has that changed without having vision? Well, I can't see them. So it kind of sucks. But, you know, I know they're there. And right. I, I, was, I was the one that, you know, would always go to all the, ha- drive around the neighborhood with my friends to look at the houses that were really nicely decorated. And, right, you know, right. I, I, I was the one that w- always thought, man, when I've got enough money and I've got a nice house that I want to like be the house that, you know, stops traffic and just go <laughs> yeah, crazy with the right. decorations. Because I just love 
Christmas. It makes people smile, makes old people happy, makes kids happy. It's fun. <laughs> and for those of you out there that are not people who celebrate Christmas and you're going to give me grief about uh, political correctness, one of my best friends is a local police officer. He's Jewish. He has the most decorations and the biggest Christmas tree in his neighborhood. So don't give me right. grief about other religions because <laughs> well, Christmas isn't just about have the religion. Festivities that are cool as well. You know, I, I think that exactly. everyone should be able to enjoy all the holidays. And I, I love celebrating like all the holidays. I'll, I'll go to anyone's house to have a party. I love that. And so sure. if it's Diwali, if it's, you know, Kwanzaa, if it's, you know, Hanukkah, I love it all. I think that it's, it's a wonderful thing to be able to celebrate and have fun and enjoy something. I love Halloween too. Like it's just a nice time that we can get together and have some laughs and, and enjoy. So whatever is your holiday, that's okay. Exactly. Or if you don't celebrate any, eh, that's okay. <laughs> Find your own, make up one. <laughs> Create your own holidays. I like this woman. This is why we've got her here. And if, you know, if it's possible, we're going to have her here like once a month, you know, to keep me sane. This is free therapy for me. <laughs> though the holidays are tough, though, for some people because they might not have had a happy family or it, it might have been when everyone would fight or it's when you're going to see the aunt that you know, beat you when you were a child or like, you know, took away all your toys or, you know, someone yep. else that you had to fight with. So sometimes it is a really tough time for people. And I don't work all through um, the holidays, even though like I always keep one day close to the holidays open because it can be a really trying time, I think, on us as well. And that's why I always mm -hmm. say the first thing is train, work out <laughs> during the holidays even if it's just running up and down your stairs, don't cut that out during the holiday period. Even if you're busy, that's when you need to make sure that you're training because that does really help you feel back to being centered. And it really, really is so important. And that's kind of where one of the places I wanted to go today because everybody kind of loses focus when all right. the holiday stuff starts happening. You can't yes. stick to the perfect diet. And right. it's important to not beat yourself up. I kind of go into this period with, all right, I am going to train the first through the 24th, the week between the 25th and the first of the year. I know I'm going to have company visiting. I know we've got a lot of stuff going on. I'm not going to be able to train. It's a schedule. Right. So I'm not going to miss any training. I've got a scheduled break in there. And I know I've got several parties and I know I'm going to see lots of my favorite chocolate and certain alcohol that's only around at Christmas and I normally don't drink. Right. And, but, you know, so my diet the rest of the day is going to be as good as it can be. But you, right. you can't beat yourself up. And that's something I'd like, like to talk about with you is people who can't stay on track and beat themselves up over it. And like you said, just running up and down the stairs, you got to kind of try and... If you're not going to train, train on a reduced schedule, but just don't throw it away. Yes, yes. And if you're going to if you're going to have the cake because you love the cake that your mom makes during the holidays, enjoy it. The the thing is is if you're going to eat the cake, you might as well have fun while you eat it and not get hard on yourself. I loved the way that you said that about moderation. It doesn't have to be black or white. We we do what we can, but you know, you also want to enjoy you want to enjoy life. You want to be able to experience things. And so you don't want to be absolutely inflexible with yourself. And if you're going to have the cake, really, what's the use in having it if you're not going to ha have fun while you have it? And so, okay, you know, tomorrow's another day. I'll, I'll have this plan. But during the holidays, I, I have my own way that works for me of saying I'm at least going to have a taste. You know, at least going to have a taste. I mean, come on. You might as well have a taste. Enjoy. It's ridiculous not to. It's not an everyday right. thing. Mm -hmm. My my weakness is a thing called coquito. Do you know what Ooh, that is? What is coquito? No, I don't. Coquito is made How with... How do you spell coquito? I'm not sure. C-O-C-I-T-O or C-O-C-E-T-O. It is made okay. with rum and coconut milk. Uh -huh. And I think I'm not sure what else. But it's, uh -huh. made, it's a Latin holiday liquor. Kind of, It's like... Puerto Rican or Cuban eggnog Ooh, without the egg. Intriguing. And this is, 
they they everyone makes it a little differently and this it's only around at Christmas. They only make it at Christmas. Huh. And this is one of my absolute favorite things. And if it's at a party, I will drink it. And I don't drink, but this stuff's yummy. It's dessert. Yeah. I've put it over ice cream. Yes. Ooh. Oh, that sounds really nice. Yeah. That you need, you really need to nice. Google it. I'm sure I've said it I, wrong. I'm going to have mean, to. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'm going to Google that and try it out. Because I love, I actually will have eggnog uh, only in the oh, holidays. This is so but much I will better. always have one glass of eggnog. And I don't even mm-hmm. have it with the alcohol. But I could. But the alcohol takes away from the eggnog flavor for me. Ah. But I'm going to try this. Now, this is very coconutty and... Uh, some people put cinnamon and nutmeg in it, and it's just, it's dessert in a glass. And that's mm. my weakness. All the other stuff I can take or leave, but that's my weakness. So mm. we've established that you should indulge and don't beat your, if you're going to indulge, do it. Just freaking yes. do it. Don't beat yourself yes. up over it. No, don't do that. You can get back onto it. I always say, you know, I would be really sad if alfalfa sprouts was my last meal. You want to enjoy as well. Live your life. Like you get to do whatever you want. That's the wonderful thing. If you're an adult, that's the wonderful thing about being an adult. If you're a young adult, you still have to live by your parents' rules. But if I want to eat pizza on my living room floor, I'm going to eat pizza on my living room floor and I'm going to have fun and I'll clean up the mess after. I like that. You're yeah, willing to, you, you're going to do what you want to do and you're going to accept the responsibility of cleaning up the mess, which could be a literal or a figurative statement. <laughs> For me, probably both. <laughs> Yeah, well, so, you know, you decide you're going to go do something that's not appropriate and you're going to accept the connotations. You're going to accept the repercussions. Exactly. You don't always have to be perfect. I remember it was a funny story. (laughs) My husband at one point, I come home and I I see that he parked his car sideways on the, like, like, like diagonally on the driveway and we have a double Ah. driveway. And I'm like, that's Um, strange. Office Christmas party? (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, mm, okay. And I'm like, why, why'd you park the car so kind of off on the driveway? And he's like, you know what? Because I can. It's my driveway. Went, okay, you are right. Own that. <laughs> okay, but didn't he also kind of block you rules. out? No, no. Luckily, luckily, my car was already in. I was just walking back from the Depener or something, and I just walked in. So my car was already there, but his car was like off. It was, it was strange looking in the drive. If you drive by someone that has a strange looking car in the driveway, it's probably my place. Oh, okay. But he just did it because, you know what, why not? Why not? I said, yeah, you're right. It's our driveway. You can you could park it completely perpendicular if you wanted. <laughs> I'm like, go for it. <laughs> but it's just it was just a nice metaphor to you don't have to live by everyone else's rules just because that's the way that they do it. Yep. So and that's, you wanna, that's you wanna, true. You know, go to sleep while watching a movie in the living room. OK. I think we've all done that a few times. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Fall asleep in front of the TV, never. Well, we put out, we put out, like, we have a downstairs, like, bed thing by in our movie room. And so we have, it's a little movie room. It's not some, but it's, it's got a projector. It's pretty neat. We have the, um, the, he bought the, um, movie, IMAX movie seats from their mm-hmm. theater things. It's ridiculous. But anyways, and we have a little couch bed there. And so we put out the couch bed and watched a movie and fell asleep there instead of in our rooms and just said, why not? Had popcorn in bed. It was a horrible mess later, but why not? Did you have fun? We did. That's all that matters. And it yeah, didn't hurt anybody, do didn't hurt you. Point. No. There you go. I think we're going to plan it again with the kids, all of us. Just watch a movie, fall asleep, chat. There you go. See, that's yeah. a beautiful thing. That's, yeah. That really is. So I want to kind of do a little jump because we're talking about enjoying the holidays and not beating yourself up. The biggest, most bogus thing in the world to me is New Year's resolutions. Right. It's almost like if this is your goal and you make it your New Year's resolution, I can promise you, you ain't going to do it. Right. <laughs> that is such a good point. It's, it's kind of funny to me is that I think that a lot of people go into it thinking that it will work, that this is some magical time when they're going to make a change. And then you end up, you know, living by an arbitrary rule that you, if you, you know, there's many reasons why New Year's resolutions don't really work very effectively. And I'm sure that there are some people that have made a New Year's resolution and it has worked, but that's because they really wanted to anyways, and it could have been any day. But to pick 
a day when you're going to do something. If you really want to do it, you would do it now. To wait till later rarely makes more sense than starting right away. And then people often make something that is either very arbitrary or they go way too far. It's really hard if you eat a lot of sugar that you're going to just cut sugar from your life. And so we often also bite off way too much than we can chew. But if you want to do something, just do it. Don't have to wait for an arbitrary day in order to set this about. And you don't have to have a New Year's resolution at all. But I think that people have that feeling of like wanting this day. This is the day that I'm going to now make a change for the new year because the new year is coming. But you want to do that all through your life, every day of your life. Think about living a little bit better, what is important to you, and work on one thing at a time. Okay, I'm so glad you just said that because that was where I was going to head next. I think one of the problems, whether it's a New Year's resolution or just in laying down some goals, is most people come up with a laundry list. Mm-hmm. If you set yes. one goal, you set yes. one goal, you got a good shot of inc- of actually hitting it. If you set two goals, you're reducing your likelihood by 50% of hitting either of those goals. If you set yes. a list of 10 goals, you're screwed. Yes, and you're just going to feel bad. It's just going to leave you feeling bad because none of them will be able to be completed. So there are steps if you really want to make a change in your life and be it for New Year's or be it for any time of the day, you do want to focus on one thing. Pick one thing. That doesn't mean that that's the only thing you're ever going to work on, but it's easier for us to pick one thing, make that your top goal, and that's the one that you're going to focus on. And I say, if you want to really go through it, you should also make a plan. Just making an arbitrary goal becomes very, very difficult. But if you make a plan that has many different tiny steps, now we're working on something that we're going to be able to make some true traction on. So you want something that has manageable little tiny pieces. Say that it's that you want to clear out your downstairs of the rubbish that's in it. Then say, you know what, I'm going to work once a day for 15 minutes and that's it. That's it. That's an easy, manageable, even if you're having a rough day, 15 minutes, I think most people can say, I can put that into my life. If you want to start training, that's the same thing. Say, you know what? I'm going to start light 15 minutes a day, start getting my body back into being active. And that's, people will often say, well, what happens if I only have five minutes? My thought is, well, then do five minutes. Five minutes is better than not doing five minutes. And so you're trying to move into the right direction. And so don't make it too daunting. That feeling of, oh my goodness, this is so hard. There's a reason why you have put off whatever you have already put off to make it for a New Year's resolution. There's already a choice that you've made at some point of why this has not been already tackled. And so it's probably something that's either too big or too scary or you're too worried about it. So if you cut it into a small little tiny bit, that makes it easier. And then I like to gamify things. Now, this is my own technique, and for some it will probably work with, and some it might not. But I will write my little to-do list on the wall in little 15-minute chunks so that I get that joyful feeling of being able to cross off each one. And I stick, I actually write it, I handwrite it. You could do it on Word, make it all fancy, do it on Excel, whatever which way works for you. But then if you put it up somewhere where you're gonna look, or if you have it as a voice reminder on your phone, also really wonderful, you know, time to do a little training. So you just get up and walk around for 15 minutes, anything that's more active than what you did before. Or if you have, you know, a friend call you, or if you have something that goes on your computer, whichever way to give a little bit of a, okay, now it's time for me to do this so that it's not just up to you. A little tiny encouragement is always helpful to that. And tiny little chunks. I'll sometimes put up a timer and say, I'm going to see how much I can get cleaned in this room in, you know, 30 minutes. And I set my timer onto my phone and it's going to buzz me so that I know, put on some music to make it fun. And then now I find there's an enjoyment in it because I'm trying to beat the time. I'm trying to get as much stuff done. And I, it's funny because I'll try to game the system. So I'll like, I'm like, oh, wait, the time doesn't count until I bring all the cleaning supplies already downstairs. Right? So I'm, I'm just doing more work for free. <laughs> but in my mind, I'm beating the system because I want to see, can I get this room cleaned in 30 minutes? I might be able to. And then, you know, I, I'm like working around in some sort of a fury, getting it all done. And I'm always proud at the end of how much I can do. And sometimes I keep on working. I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm going to set the timer for an extra five minutes. 
but it's it's see how much more I can get enjoyable. Yeah, you can make it fun instead of something that's apprehensive. But it's nice to be able to celebrate those little tiny milestones towards getting somewhere, instead of you know you climb a mountain by every step. Instead of being only proud when you're at the top of the mountain, be proud of each and every step, and that will be that encouragement will keep you going. Because if you're only going to be proud of yourself when you climb Everest, who's going to ever climb Everest? <laughs> Not very many of us. Not very what, many. What you're talking about? We, no. no. What you're talking about is what one of my mentors, Dan John, refers to. He says you set A to Z goals, but then you kind of leave those alone and you go for your A to B, your A to C to D, right. your little baby steps. Because right. if you look at that whole right. big goal, Everest is insurmountable. Yes. Going to the gym and climbing on a rock wall and then maybe climbing some hills in Georgia. Yes. That's surmountable. Yes. And you'll work your way up yes. to Everest in a few years. Yes. And just be proud of being on the journey. Because really, we'll, if you are a type A personality, if you're already very driven, achievement oriented, and if you were training, you, you are already probably very likely type A. But then we're really hard on ourselves and we set goals that are often too daunting to be able to accomplish because we aim so high. But you want to be happy that you're on the journey, that at least I walked out. Today I wasn't feeling it, but I still got on my running shoes, took a little walk. I still cleared out a little bit. Good for me. Good for me. And that's being that good internal coach. Absolutely. Now, it, I find it interesting that you somehow managed to put turn the drudgery of house cleaning into a fun challenge that would <laughs> you can get excited about. That's That's amazing. It was pretty cool, actually. I did have a lot of fun. I I will make I'm I I can gamify almost anything <laughs> and make it fun for me. Make it a little bit of a challenge to see what could be done, what it can't be done, and I work that way. That way works for me. If I'm playing a video game, I will try to get the achievements for no other reason. I don't get anything from it. It's a video game. I don't even get to keep the game. Eventually, <laughs> it will be, you know, gone. <laughs> but. I still like that feeling. I like achieving things. I like doing things. And so if I gamify anything, it increases my chances of being able to get it done. And I try also not to hit my perfectionistic nature of making it done perfectly. I always say I'm going to do it good enough, and then I can get back and make it better later if I want to. Okay. It's just a matter of deciding what good enough really is. Right. Well, it's, for type A's, it's never good enough. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's two directions I want to go, but the first thing I want to ask your opinion on, there are two very distinctive schools of thought about goals and goal how to achieve your goals in the whole process. One is to tell the world so you're kind of accountable and reach out for lots of exterior support and also kind of put yourself out there so, you know, if you don't do it, you feel bad because people go, ah, you didn't do it. And then the other is, I've talked to some people who advise people, keep it internalized. Don't dissipate the energy. Don't talk to people about it because they want to see you fail anyway. And just mm. keep all that energy within you to achieve that goal. Which, what do you think about this? It really depends on you. I think that either way can be wrought with dangers depending on which way you work. And everyone's a little bit different. If you're surrounded by people that are supportive if they're not going to be hard on you or push you too hard that makes the goal no longer fun to achieve, then it's great to have a little bit of external support from a caring, supportive individual. I think that putting something very, very like putting it on Facebook or putting it on Twitter can become difficult. That can give you a little bit of a danger that, you know, then you have a, maybe a public failure that may make you, depending on your personality type, feel really bad if you haven't achieved that. If, you know, you are driven by that and that's going to make sure that you achieve it because of that, that's wonderful. If that works for you, that's fine. But I think that the main key, though, is that you want to set a goal that you really do wish to achieve and that you have a good plan on finishing it intrinsically because extrinsic things can change. You have a friend that, you know, helps motivate you to work out. Lovely. That's wonderful. But if they move... Now, what did you intrinsically build on creating this goal and, and walking through with it? What if they suddenly get sick? What if they suddenly say, oh, you know what? Let's not go out. Let's eat this candy. Let's go over here. Let's, let's not clean out the area that we're going to clean. And they're actually going to help you not achieve your goal. We need to also rely on us and make choices just internally towards ourselves. 
So I don't mind if people put it out there, but I think that in the end, our only power is what we have within ourselves. And if you really care about something and you want it very badly, you should let nothing else get in your way from achieving that. And that mindset is a wonderful one because with nothing, you can then achieve your goal. And if you need to rely on many other things to prop you up to do something, you often need to think back, do I really want to achieve this goal? Or did I want the notoriety to do it? And then what can I change in order to get there? Because you need to really care about something to do it. And then it shouldn't matter whether you've said to anyone or have not said to anyone. And so that's the danger of having extrinsic motivators in your life to get something. Very few of us would go to work unless you really intrinsically love your work if you were not getting paid. And that's one of those very extrinsic. Yeah, it's a very extrinsic thing. There are some people that would, but that is something that they love to do. They love their work. I love to help people. I love being able to help people live better lives. I would do that for free, but I wouldn't do as many hours. Definitely not. It would be different the manner in which I would deal with, but I do... It it is my personality type to be able to help. If I could help people live better, live happier, live freer, that's a joy for me in and of itself. But I definitely would not do as many hours as I do now because I need to eat, I need to deal with other things. And so you want to have, you know, your goals be something that you've set up a lot of intrinsic motivation, a lot of thought, a lot of process, and to be really ready to be able to do it. So if you want something and you can have support at the same time, that's lovely as well. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, well, I have always been a good, when it, when we talk about like my training, I've always been yeah. a very good internal motivator because every time I've had a training partner with one exception, I've had to be the leader. Right. I've had to be the motivator. I've and, and, right. and most of my training partners have been either a ride or a spotter, but I was the energy, I was the direction, I was the knowledge, I was, and I'm not trying to brag, it just, this is how it worked out in yes. most cases. Yes. So for the most part, I'm very content in my garage gym in total solitude. Now recently, and I'm gonna ramble, but recently I found I needed to be around some other people. I don't need their direct right. support, but I needed to be back in a commercial gym and just be around other people that were, were working out, hear the machines, hear the music, hear mm-hmm. the energy of it. Yes. I don't train with somebody and I don't talk with people in the gym. I don't make it a social thing beyond hello and goodbye. But I just found that my energy seemed to reignite when I was kind of stale working out at home for a while, just by going into the the why, the local why, on a couple days out of my training week, I found it to just give me more motivation and more energy without, no one in there knows what I'm doing, why I'm doing, what I know, what I don't know, but just being around that energy seems to have given me more energy. Right. Yeah. And that helps you keep you going. I would love somebody to kick me in the head every once in a while and say, hey, have you? Yes. And, you know, I, un- unfortunately, my wife is wonderful. She loves me more than anything and anything I can, anything I'm doing, she's happy if it makes me happy. But for me to say, hey, remind me about or nag me a little bit too. A few years ago, I I played the sax and a few years ago, I was taking a jazz improv class and I told her, you know, I need to work on these specific exercises and they're really tedious to me and they're boring. So can you just remind me just every day say, hey, did you pick up the horn? Hey, did you work on that stuff you don't like? Just right. just not nag, just mention it to me. And she couldn't do it. Right. She couldn't. She right. she just could not do it. She's like, "Are you having fun?" Yeah. "You enjoy playing?" Yeah. "You think you're getting better?" Yeah. "You enjoy the class?" Yeah. "Okay." Yeah, but can yeah. you please remind me? Can you please just hey, text me during the day and say, "Pick up your horn." Yes. Or, you know, yes. play those scales that you can't stand. And I would love to have that little bit of support, but I've learned to not really need it because I, I, and this is a kind of a jaded thing to say, but in the world, when the smoke clears, we only have one person to count on that we totally a hundred percent can count on. And that's ourselves. And when you do that, like you said about, if you rely a lot on your running buddy or your workout partner or whatever, and they disappear, you're going to yeah. fall apart. Yes. 
I mean, I, I can train with somebody or without somebody. And actually, the last guy I trained with, who was a very good friend, just one day I said, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired of remembering your weights. I'm tired of having to get you back on track when you start talking to some cute girl in the gym. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of all this. I want to work out. Yeah. Tell me about yeah. the hot girl when we walk in or when we're leaving, but not in the middle of the workout. Right. Right. You actually there to train. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I've never had a partner that was a hindrance before and it was becoming a hindrance because it was causing us to lose focus. So mm -hmm. I'm back to, for the most part, being by myself. And right. I've realized, like I said, as much as I, my wife loves me, I can't depend on her for things like the motivation. Because I even even recently, I um, somebody asked me, what can I do to help you? Because they could tell I was getting kind of burned out regarding the website and the podcast and this and that. And mm -hmm. I said, I suck at social media. I hate social media. Do me a favor and just nag me to post stuff on Twitter and Facebook. And right. of course, that person hasn't done it once. She asked me, no. what can I do to help you? And I told her, this is all I need. I don't need help with writing a blog post. I don't need help with content. Just text me or email me and say, hey, you haven't posted anything on your blog lately. Post something on Twitter. Put something on Facebook. I can do the content, just need to be reminded to do it. And hasn't happened. So I've learned yes. not to look for outside assistance. It just, yep. people are too wrapped up in their own stuff sometimes and they mean to help you, but when you tell them what you want, they go, oh, well, that's not what I had in mind. <laughs> yeah, I can't actually do that. Yeah. <laughs> It's true, though. It's true. There's, It's funny, and especially when you think about partnerships or if you're working on something with someone else, it is personality types will come into play. So I'm a procrastinating perfectionist, so I'm hard on myself, but I can often put things off too far. And luckily, my partner, who I do the anxiety videos with, she is a anxious perfectionist. And so she's like, come on, what happened? Where is it? What? And she will keep on about whatever it might be. And I need that. Like, I don't like it. I don't like to be bugged at getting stuff done. It's it's uncomfortable for me. My comfort is waiting, which is not a good thing. But I know I need that. And so one is that you have to be honest with yourself on what works well with you. And luckily, I have someone else that is that kick in the pants that will actually make sure that I will get things done that I need to. And I'm really lucky to have someone like that in my life. But it's very rare. And that's only for certain things. Other things, you know, yeah, most people will not be able to come to service when they are needed to in the way that we need them to be able to do that because they often it's like two weeks. We're good for two weeks and then after that things seem slowly start to drop off. And so I often will use like my phone or I set reminders for different things, which have worked out really well for kind of keeping me in par of what I have to get done. So I have a reminder on my phone every week because I also have to post you know, on Twitter, and I'm not great with it. I'll post on Twitter on my personal account, but doing things for business, I'm like, ah, I'm <laughs> iffier about. Mm -hmm. So I actually have it on my phone to set me a reminder. Okay, post something on Twitter. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, got to post something on Twitter <laughs> on anxiety videos. And so I'll, I'll do that because of that. But I need something like that to be, I, I can do it. I just will forget. I'll get and to it. that's the way it works. Yeah, that's how advertising works now. You need to kind of be out there. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like we have a, a commonality in that procrastination thing. I mm -hmm. suck unless I have deadlines. Yes. Unless I have deadlines, I can't get a damn thing done. Yes, exactly. I, I'm the same way. I kind of need the gun. I need someone to be there saying, you have to. <laughs> I work best in that. And the same thing with you is I, I do martial arts and I can teach people martial arts, but I won't practice if left to my own devices. And so I also join a gym and I go there because I will work harder with others watching me. I'll, I, you know, in the last rep, I'm not going to be a little bit lighter on it. If I'm doing my punches, I know other people are watching. I'm going to punch a little bit harder. I'm going to get a better workout. I'm going to try a little mm -hmm. bit more. We all have that little ego. Yeah. And I, I might not put something in my training routine because I hate it, but it's in their training routine. I'm going to do it because, you know, it's, it's what, what we're supposed to do. And, and so I'm going to do that. And so mm -hmm. I'll also be more round, well-rounded fighter because of that as well. And, you know, like I just said, it's, it's a little bit of the ego. Like you said, people yes. are watching. And I mm -hmm. don't think there's anything wrong, no matter what you use as motivation in your mind. Okay, I want to look good while I'm working out. I want, yeah, I, 
okay, I got it. You know, uh, the one thing that's yeah. wrong is the guy that goes, oh, I want everyone in the gym to notice I got a thousand pounds on the leg press. Yeah, well, you're going to yeah. end up with five herniated right. discs from that too. But there's yes. nothing wrong with, you know, going into the gym and trying to look good and trying to, okay, people are looking at me. And, and you know, if stroking your ego makes you feel a little better and makes you work a little harder, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. Yes. Whatever works for you and is not a detriment and is not, again, overly done. You want to be able to do it for your own reasons. But I definitely work better in a group. I have that, you know, wanting to please people, wanting the teacher to be proud, I, you know, wanting to do the best work that I can do. I have that in me. It's part of my natural personality. I always, for myself, I want to make, do the best that I can do and make sure that I've you know, made people feel better and I've helped this person with their training and I've, I like that. I enjoy that entire experience of being with other people. And so I will work harder because of that. And so you need to kind mm -hmm. of know your personality type and what works for you. And if you understand yourself really well, you can game your own system to get you where you need to go. And you'll also understand the things that would, you know, slowly pull you back. If going to one gym you're going to be stuck looking at the girls or the guys and you're going to be chatting and socializing, then, well, that's a fine place to socialize, but it may not be the best gym to train or maybe it not be the best time to train. Maybe you have to get another training time that's separate just to train when there's less people there, which is fine. Learn about yourself. I think that we often go around not wanting to look at our strengths and our weaknesses very honestly, but then it leaves us without the knowledge of how to fix things. And then we kind of hit a wall without knowing that we've hit it. Well, I think one of the, since you just had mentioned the strengths and weaknesses, a problem I've seen for years back when I owned a gym and I still see it. I see it even now in the little online class I do because I have one girl who has horrible balance and she like, she just, I'll do something else when we're doing the balance exercises. When I had the gym, all right, how many guys with huge upper bodies wearing blue jeans and covering their skinny legs up? You can't. Right ignore your weaknesses you have mm -hmm. to attack your weaknesses because someday those weaknesses may be really really detrimental and i don't mean in the gym i mean just in life you have to recognize yes. what your weaknesses are and both and both in in the gym and in life right if you're not very flexible you're going to risk having injury or you're going to end up not having a very even fit and the same thing for life it will be those things that will catch you They'll be the things that'll be like, oh, if I had only done this. And it's not going to be something that's comfortable for you because when you do something new that's not comfortable to you, you don't have the neural network in order to do that. That's why you don't know how. And so building a neural network, learning, it's often uncomfortable before it feels comfortable. And I think that people lie to themselves by saying, well, I'll do it when it feels right. And that's the wrong way to look at it. If it felt right, you'd already be doing it. So whether it's, you know, working on your calves, stretching, you know, learning about your fear of failure, getting over a language issue that you have, whatever that might be, if you're honest about it, it will feel wrong. And if you practice it, you will get better. You've been able to teach goldfish to go through a maze. You can learn this as well. But yes, it may be harder and it may take longer. And that's all right. Don't feel bad. Learning, trying, doing things differently is a wonderful thing. If you have a temper problem, you can get rid of that. You can work on it and you can change that. It's not something that you have to be stuck with. People often say, well, that's just how I am. And that might be how, it's true, it might be who you are now. But that doesn't mean it has to be who you are in two years. You have the full power to become whomever you would like to be and you can deal with the mental awareness to be able to do that. Now, you're not going to become Superman. Well, if you are, teach me how. <laughs> but there yeah, are you things want to fly, that I remember. work about. I do. I do. That would be awesome. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet, but they're getting jetpacks. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. So to synopsize what you just said when you made the comment about when it feels right, you can't think about when it feels right. You got to do it mm -hmm. until it feels right. Oh, I like that. I like that. That was beautifully said. Yes, exactly that. And it won't feel right. Yeah. It's going to feel all kinds of wrong. <laughs> when I first started posting things on my website and I had to deal with HTML code, I, I just, I, it, it made me, well, you see, you hear, I can't put a sentence together. I'm flashing back to the trauma I had with it. Oh, oh. And, 
And it just was like, I can't do this. I can't remember. All right, quote minus equals underline. I, I can't do this. And then it's like, you right. know, I do it. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. It's no big deal. But I made it harder for myself by making it traumatic. And yes, just now that I think that's very funny. I couldn't put the sentence together because I guess I just relived the trauma. Relived, right. <laughs> relived a little bit of the trauma that you went through. Yes. And, and it is, funny. it is that feeling though. Yeah. We, we can go back to that place of this was really uncomfortable for me. And often you can relive that feeling of how hard it was, but how wonderful that you still went at it. And that's a difficult thing to do. I didn't have do. a choice. We're, <laughs> well, that works Nobody out. else was going to no. do it for me. The guy that was set up, <laughs> set up my website said, this is easy. You can do it. I don't have time for this. And I went, well, wow. if I want to put anything up there, I have to figure it out. <laughs> And you did. Lovely. Well, there we go. Sometimes the universe aligns to make sure that you're going to go in the direction that you need to go with anyways. But uh, mm -hmm. we're, we're not made to do things that make us feel uncomfortable. We're, and, and unfortunately, our world now is so comfortable, it's, it's a detriment to us. I, if you've ever, um, there's a movie called Wally. It's a, it's a cartoon and it's about this little tiny computer, a little robot. He's really cute. Anyways, all of the people, are sitting in these little motorized chairs that move for them. <clears throat> they call something, it comes over to them, and we have no muscle mass left, so we can't walk because we've we've kind of become just just some flesh and skin with no muscle underneath it because of it. And our lives are becoming closer and closer to that. Manual labor, suffering, doing things, having to figure out problem solving, all of these different things are good for us and good for our brains, but because we're made to have a conservation of energy, because food used to be a scarcity, and so we didn't want to waste energy, we didn't need to, we're kind of now a little bit too far upon that. And we're becoming more and more like it. Me having to find the remote to change a channel is sometimes too much effort. And I'll be like, oh, I'll just watch the commercial anyways. That's not a good thing. <laughs> it's not a good thing. But it's true. Sometimes I'll just watch the commercial. You've mentioned that movie in our previous conversation. It reminds me of that song. There was some song in the year 2525 and blah, blah, blah. I don't know if you remember the song from the 60s uh, where it talks about, you know, people don't even move. We got a machine doing it for us and everything in that. Right. And is the way no, of the I world. No, I don't know the song. is so if true. If we're not careful. Yes. Well, Google yes. it. It's called In the Year 2525 by Xavier and Evans, I think. Oh, <laughs> She's going to Google it right now. No. I'm going to Google it. Yeah. Don't do that right this <laughs> I'll, I'll second. Google yeah. it after. I'll Google it after. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> going back to all this stuff about goals, and this kind of goes with the procrastination characteristic that you and I share. Mm -hmm. I, I think, and I want your, your feelings on this, but I really think that the, one of the one of the parts of a goal, like you said, you got to do the little baby steps to reach the big picture. But I think one of the most important steps is a deadline. Because when yes. people say, I want to X someday, someday never comes. Yes, that's a great point. To be able to have a timeline to be able to get it, you know, when am I going to start? When is it going to be the middle done? When is the side going to have it as like a set series? And wonderful if you have some sort of check-in to see did I make that goal because that's when it's nice if you have someone else they'll be like where is that paper if someone if a teacher is going to say to me Georgia where's that paper the paper is going to be done on the time when it has to be left to my own devices I'll be like meh I'll move the deadlines myself to, but to be able to have some way of making sure that it's done on a certain set of times will help push you to make that a priority because this is, if you're setting something now as, you know, a resolution or something that you'd like to do now, not as a resolution, just because it's important to you, you've already held off on it. And so there's a reason that you have an avoidance to this. Could be fear of failure. Mm -hmm. It could be that you want it to be better than it can be. It can be that it's an unpleasant experience. Could be that it's going to be very difficult. Could be that you're worried that other people are not going to enjoy something that you're doing. But you want to make sure that there's some sort of a check and balance to make sure that these steps are done by a time that you have set them to be done by. So setting a time is great, but left to our own devices will change it. So setting it done and then having a check-in, even if it's setting a reminder on your phone, was this done? And I just put it on and I set, you know, I, I just speak to my phone, Siri set reminder for, you know, this, what is it called? Was the paper done? Mm -hmm. And that makes me feel a little bad. I'm like, oh, wait, you know what? It wasn't done. I'm doing it now. 
going to get it done now because I missed my deadline. And so even if it's just a computer giving you a little thing of, whoa, why hasn't this happened? Or if you're lucky to have a support system where someone else can kind of be like, no, it, it really has to be done. That's a wonderful way of kind of having a timeline that will then be enforced. Okay. Which we don't like. It makes us feel like kids again, right? But if you want to get something done, that's helpful. That's true. And you see what you said makes sense, even if it's just your phone beeping going, hey, you know, it's Thursday the 25th. Did you do X? Yeah. Because it's like when I'm in the gym, I don't need someone to scream at me if they just say, do two more reps. <laughs> yeah. I'll go, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't need, come on, you can do it. Just if you go, come on, no. one more, one more. <laughs> I'm there. I just, all I need is you to put that thought in my head. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And the type of the way in which that is done is also important. Some people have a huge aversion to, you know, as you said, like being yelled at or the way that they're spoken to, or if it's being more pestered and bothered to that, it can become an antagonizing relationship instead of something that's a good coaching relationship. And so you want to, if you have someone else doing it for you, you want to let them know how it works best for you what you need from them, and then you have to listen to that. Mm -hmm. I know that when we're dealing with things such as obsessive compulsive disorder and we're having to stop a behavior, we have to set like consequences and rewards that are there for the behavior. Reward, if you didn't do it, you know, you should treat yourself. It might be having a little bath. It could be going for a walk. It could be buying a color of nail polish. It could be getting that book you would hoped for, letting yourself read for an extra 15 minutes, something that makes you feel, I'm good for me. I did that. And if you are not following through with what you're supposed to do, a consequence works. Again, brings us back to childhood, but that's the way that we work. The world works by rewards, checks, and balances, and so do we. And so having something as a consequence, you know what? I'm not having the chocolate today because I didn't do what I had to. There's no m and I'm going to stop that. Or, you know, saying, you know what? I'm going to do this because I did that. I'm going to do a little bit of extra work on cleaning something. It could be a good a consequence too. But you want to have something that you're accountable to someone and or yourself and then follow through with it. You know, this goes back to the very beginning of our conversation where I said about balance and you're talking about checks yes. and balances and consequences and rewards. Yes, yes. Okay, I'm going to go in another direction and I'm going to reveal to everyone out there one of my biggest character flaws that I recognize and I haven't quite figured out how to fix yet. I'm an awesome starter and I'm not great at follow through. And I think that's a common thing with a lot of people. They get enthusiastic about a project or going somewhere or doing something. And then it just kind of fades away. Got any great ideas to how to keep on that path? Well, I'm going to have to ask you some questions so we can figure out why you're not good with follow through because many people have different reasons as to why they don't feel as good about it. So for some people, it's that they're hard on themselves. It's not going to be as good as what in their, like in our mind, we can create these amazing ideas of how something should be. And so often they're not going to live up to expectations. We can see how it's going and whatever project we had, it's not going to be as good, as easy, as effortless, as well accepted as we had hoped for. So are you that way with yourself? Is it a type of perfectionism? It might be, I think part of it with me, I'll give you the, just a for instance, I have a lot of ideas of things I wanted to do with my website. I got some really right. cool ideas for some YouTube things that I want to do. And, and then it's like, okay, I don't really have anybody to help me do the video. And these are things I have, this is, I'm going to do a, a way back to when I promoted bodybuilding events, when I had my gym, I was a great organizer. I was a great delegator and I had people that I would say, okay, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. I can also be a worker and just tell me do X and I don't have to right. think and I will do X, but I can't, I'm not good at coming up with the ideas, then executing the ideas. And when I can't find the help, I get frustrated and then it all starts to go like, oh, I can't get anyone help to do that. And then I start letting the rest of it slide. Right. So part of it is I can't is find the just way find finding the way you have something that you want to do, but the way to in order to do it might be more difficult than what you had expected because 
you need to rely on someone and they're not going to be able to come through with that for you. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it might be then in that case, I would say to cut it down into smaller pieces. So step one maybe being not, find someone that can do it. <laughs> might not even be step one, find someone to do it. It might be step one, find out a template of everything that you can do on your own without someone. What ah. can you get done? Can you do, you know, audio on your own? Can you, you know, outsource to videos that are already from other people? Like find other ways to be able to do it first all on your own. Because if you get a nice architecture set up in the beginning that has small things that are not, you're not going to think they're going to be what you really want, but nice placeholders that you can then change for when, you know, things start to pick up traction and be able to replace to have your own, say, videos. But to have something that would be like a video you'd like, it might be from someone else, it could be from something else, whatever that might be. And then start your way to having that already set. And then when you find someone, because if you wait for it to be exactly as you'd hoped for, and I know that this sounds a little bit like dream crushing, right? We're kind of like melting down the dreams a little bit to be less vivid, mm -hmm. but to be able to have it similar, but not exactly as you had wanted it to be, because we need to be... Type A personalities, your type A personality, we can be very hard on, we want it to be exactly at like a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then not to get it that way, we can get stuck. It's a blockage that we get. And I can be that way often, even in very strange ways where I'm not going to need something, but I want it anyways. It's not even that important, but I can't go to step two because I haven't gotten step one the way that I'd hoped for. And so what we want to do is just do something else so that we can keep on going that's good enough to that. And so sometimes we need to cut our dreams down a little bit and make this just good enough for now. Get a place, what it could be like, put something else up there. And then as time goes on, replace it as things get better. We often jump too high. And the way that we things become good is by making them, they start off really poorly at first. Rarely is something done right from the beginning and it's done really exceptionally well. Usually it's done and you learn through the process of making things better. So if you ever see someone that's running a big company or a big website, the company started out and it wasn't that fabulous and they made a whole bunch of mistakes along the way and the logos weren't great and the office might have looked horrible. And as they move along, it gets better as they deal with it. And I think that for type A personalities, that can be really difficult because we can get stuck upon there. And so maybe I would say to try to Cut it down, see what you can do and make something that is better than what you have now in small increments and then add as you can. Okay. And that, that makes perfect sense because what, what came to my mind when you were saying that last part, when you're mentioning big companies, I was thinking of people like, well, the two people that came to mind are Donald Trump and Vince mm -hmm. McMahon with the World Wrestling Federation. Mm -hmm. Both yes. of them have had tremendous failures Yes. In their past, lost yes. millions of dollars invested in projects. All right, World Wrestling Federation, they had the ex football league, they had their own bodybuilding yes. federation. Yes. They spent a fortune on, remember Evil Knievel's Snake River Canyon rocket cycle jump? Nah, yes. you weren't even born then. <laughs> yes, no, I've, I've seen it. I used to watch his videos. Okay, but the, the point is, before he became this huge success, Vince McMahon tried a bunch of things, and they were disastrous. Right. But now he's a multi-gazillionaire. Yes. Yes, because he kept at it. I think that it's hard because we, our culture does not tout the struggle. It touts that it, we only talk about the success and how companies are now. We don't speak about you know, how many failures there are along the way, how difficult it was, how you had to keep on rebuilding something. We only deal with, you know, well, he, you know, he made the light bulb and that's amazing. But, um, you know, they say that, you know, it wasn't that, you know, he made the light bulb right, right away. He learned like 256 different ways how not to make a light bulb first. And Very so good. those were I all, like that. yeah, there were all failures along the way in order to be able to deal with it. And it goes back to my, my favorite saying about like mastery and apprenticeship is that the masters failed more than the times than the apprentice has ever tried. And that is the difference is that it's not going to be fabulous. It's not going to be slick. It's not going to be nice looking, but they'll get better with time. And so we need to kind of water things down and not expect it to be great. You should probably expect it to be pretty ugh, and then make it less ugh as time goes on and enjoy that because you'll learn all through the way in order to be able to deal with that. Remember my first podcast wasn't too pretty. 
it was strange in many different ways. And you get better at it as you go along if you keep at it. You want to see Not Too Pretty, check out Kevin's first couple podcasts. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Mine, mine might rival his. They might rival his. I think that it was a video podcast and I was bleached out. You could only see my floating eyebrows. It was very strange. Oh. <laughs> okay. It's gone, but no one can find it. No one can find it. They are they are nowhere to be, I hope, they are nowhere to be found. And I, I was so nervous. I don't think I was asking the quest. I was answering the questions of which I was even asked. It was... <laughs> pretty much a train wreck i think I don't, I don't even think it was legible what i was saying at the time we have to search for that <laughs> no no you really don't want to <laughs> at least i don't really want you to <laughs> <laughs> well we've got to get we have to learn from our it's the process we have to learn from our failures learn from our mistakes and hopefully get better with time yes yeah and it's never going to be as good as we hoped for and it's never going to be as much as we wished if you're type A, you're already always going a little bit more than you can. And so you have to be okay with that, that it's not going to be as you had pictured it in your head, the same reason that movies are often never as good as the books of which we read, because it's difficult. And it's the same thing for our dreams or the party that you wanted to put on or the training that you wish to have done. Rarely is it exactly as you had hoped it to be. And that's all right. See what you just said there and the and that's all right is an important point because some of us myself included at times when it doesn't turn out what i had in my head i hit mm -hmm. the wall and i stop and yes. i it takes me a long time to, to to do that and it's okay and sometimes i just can't do the and that's okay right and that's okay too <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you'll be hard on yourself it we're we're made to do that Sometimes we'll be too hard on ourselves. Learn from it and say, next time I'll try to be a little better with myself. But I, I think that we mis we don't understand how learning works. And learning works, it's not a straight line upwards. It is bumps and bruises. We fall down, we dust ourselves off, and we pick up the pieces and try to do better with that. It's about learning. Learning is about falling down and making mistakes. And so you want to know that that's a cool part of the process. Sometimes you're going to have a plan, it seemed great, and it will completely not end up even close to what you had hoped for. And you want to be good on that as well. Laugh it off. It'll be a great story, if nothing else. A learning you learn tool. more from your, <laughs> you learn more <laughs> from your successes, or rather from your failures than you do from yes. your successes. Yes, beautifully said. Well, it's not like I made that one up, but I think <laughs> you learn a lot more of, it's more important to learn what not to do than what to do sometimes. And you yes. figure out all the what not to do's when you fail. It's like, oh, I shouldn't do that. Yes, and it sticks with you. You wanna make sure that you do something right, try it out and do it improperly, but you'll never make that mistake again. That's the one that'll stick. The time that you've done it right mm -hmm. every time, that's the time you might slip up because you didn't think about it hard enough. Mm -hmm. It just happened right, so that yeah, doesn't stick so you in your go. mind. No. It makes no. perfect sense. And that feeling bad is what is that good feeling that will make you do better next time. Mm -hmm. So sometimes even negative emotions can be beneficial to us. Well, maybe I'm wrong, but I think I'd rather be a little hard on myself about something than just going, oh, well, you tried, whatever. And True. not, not True. really. True. As long as it's just a little hard. Yeah. I just don't think it's yeah. a good idea to go, ah, hey, I tried, I failed, whatever, next, and, uh, you, you know. Yeah, well, you're type A. You're never going to do that. That's not your personality trait. There would have to be something that you really don't care about in order to do that with, because type A personalities will try, for something that they care about, they'll try for no other reason but for themselves because they want to do well. That's mm -hmm. the good and the bad of the type A personality traits. They'll also burn themselves out for the same reason and bite off more than they can chew, which I've done many a time and then want to do it really, really well. And you can only do so many things really well at one time. Biting off more than chew you can chew tends to give you indigestion. <laughs> yes, that is true. And is a choking hazard. This is very true. Now, <laughs> I really love talking with you. And we've been talking for like way over an hour. So you got anything ingenious you want to throw out right now to wrap this up? Well, I, I would just give one tip and think about what you would like to do with your time. Time is one of the most precious commodities that we have. And so everyone should say, I should have my time well spent. And 
that means now. So I hope everyone goes off and does something right now that they would enjoy doing if they can and plan that for themselves. Well, that's easy. I'm going to go say hello to my wife, hug her and kiss her, and I know I'm going to that enjoy that. That sounds great. Yeah, and what could be better spent? <laughs> what could be time better spent than that? Those are memories that you'll always wish for. So good. It's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, she just walked in the door and I got to go say hello. So that's it. <laughs> we have been talking with my absolute all time favorite guest, Dr. Georgia Dow. No, I'm not it really a doctor, doctor right? actually. No, no, I okay. only have a master's. But I like, I like the way it sounded. <laughs> it sounded good. Dr. Dow. Yes. That, no, it's got to be Dr. Georgia Dow because Dr. Dow kind of sounds, I don't know, a little funny. Dr. Dow. <laughs> Dr. Dow. Sounds like a cartoon <laughs> superhero. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Would I be good or evil, though? Hmm. Uh, depends on uh, your mood on that given day. Probably true. Little evil can be fun. <laughs> a little bit. Okay, there's that wicked laugh of hers that could get me so much trouble if she wasn't 2,000 miles away. <laughs> and we have been... <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Real World Fitness Podcast. We've been talking with Georgia Dow, psychotherapist extraordinaire and just very cool lady up in Montreal. And I want to wish everybody an awesome Thanksgiving, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, and whatever other holidays I don't know about over the next few weeks. We're going to have a few more podcasts that are going to be posted. And then I'm going to take pretty much the whole month of December off to enjoy the holidays and kind of recharge my batteries. And it's not a New Year's resolution. I'm just taking a break. So we'll start back after the first of the year uh, with some new podcasts and some more great guests. And I know Georgia will be back somewhere in there. So you've been listening to me, Bill, with my dear friend, Georgia, Real World Fitness. Everybody have an awesome holiday season and an awesome week. And I'll talk to you very soon. Real World Fitness is a production of the Serotalk Podcast Network in cooperation with CosiabaFitness.com. All questions, comments, and feedback should be submitted to resources at Serotalk.com. If you're listening on a mobile device, use your iBlink radio app to submit an iReport. Promotional consideration paid for by Audible.com. <laughs>